Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. SRD Heating and Air Conditioning takes this special time to salute the San Bernardino men and women in uniform who've answered the call for our freedoms. Let's give them the hero's welcome they deserve as they fought hard to restore peace around the world. American troops are our angels of protection, so stand up and salute them proudly. This message is courtesy of our good friends at SRD Heating and Air Conditioning in San Bernardino, where they're always working hard to keep our community moving in a positive direction. Be safe. Be ADT safe. ADT alarms will help you make your world a better place. Be baby safe. Be home safe. Be business safe. So protect yourself with ADT. And Safe Streets, your local authorized provider. And now, through the end of next month, Safe Streets ADT has a special plan to help you accomplish your safety with all free equipment and low-cost monthly fees. From door and motion sensors to glass shadow alarms, cameras, along with alarms that just don't fail. ADT can help you be safe all through the day and all through the night. Go to BADTSafe.com. That's BADTSafe.com and click on the special button with the code ADT Radio and save. Or text Gabriel Varner at 330-999-0279 to get all your free ADT equipment with low-cost monthly monitoring. Do it now because there's no better time to be safe with ADT. That's BADTSafe.com. Make a stop at the KC Country Junction. Go to this place they call Country Junction. Country legends, all-time classics, and recent favorites all meet at kccountryjunction.com. Make your day a little bit country at kccountryjunction.com and overnight starting at 1 a.m. on KCAA 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, and 10.50 a.m. It's the KC Country Junction on KCAA and kccountryjunction.com. Come to Hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one. Located with a 60 and the 215 meet in Riverside, near Merino Valley. For more info, Google Hooters Riverside. There's only one thing you think of when you think of Hooters. Wings. Wait, what? With more styles, better flavors, and fresher wings, you could only be in the original American wing joint. Get them smoked, bacon-wrapped, original style, and now introducing new Roasted Wings. Roasted crispy to seal in the flavor and seal out half the calories. One taste and you'll think of nothing else. We'll see about that. Come to Hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one. Located with a 60 and the 215 meet in Riverside, near Merino Valley. For more info, Google Hooters Riverside. There's only one thing you think of when you think of Hooters. Hooters, the original American wing joint. If you're looking for a full or part-time sales position and you have radio, TV, or print media experience, KCAA has a great opportunity waiting for you that pays the highest commissions in the market. KCAA is the only station in the IE that broadcasts on three frequencies, so advertisers receive three ads for one low rate. This makes KCAA a must-buy for every local business. If you're interested in a sales position with us, email CEO at KCAARadio.com. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? The people in your life? What do you want to protect? Your possessions, the things that belong to you, 
the things that you've worked hard for? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Everyone thinks their home is safe until the unexpected happens. Start protecting your home and loved ones today with the affordable next generation in home security. To keep your family and property safe, call 1-800-202-7711. Representatives are standing by to assist you. That's 1-800-202-7711. 1-800-202-7711. Join us for the Better 80s Music Show on KCAA, Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, bringing you 80s music with a twist. You won't hear Michael Jackson, Bon Jovi, or Hall & Oates. The better 80s music show. You'll hear bands like Depeche Mode, The Cure, Echo and the Bunnymen, Oingo Boingo, Psychedelic Furs, Susie and the Banshees. Well, you know, you get the idea. We play the better 80s music. There's no show like it on the radio, Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific Time on KCAA or listen to it at your convenience at kcaaradio.com that's kcaaradio.com for the better 80s music show K C A A Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show created and hosted by Scott Knudsen to explore the crossroads of ranch life and the business world now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hi, welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen. Thank you so much for watching. I have a very special guest today, Janet Rose, Director of the Montana Center for Horsemanship in Dillon, Montana, and founder of many, many important nonprofits, which I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about today. So Janet, welcome to the show. Oh, I've been really looking forward to this so much. You know, anytime you can talk about horses and people and what they can do for each other, I'm on board. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been looking forward to it. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much. Um, so, I'm Director of Development and Communications for the Montana Center for Horsemanship, and it's one of the leading equine education centers in the nation. But then my other passion, if you will, related but different, is that about 11 years ago, I founded the Horse Haven Montana. It's an equine rescue, adoption, and education organization, and it's very simple what we do. We place retired, abandoned, homeless, neglected horses and mules in permanent homes. And um, everyone from the Forest Service, when they retire horses and mules to guest ranches, dude ranches, private ranches, and individuals who can no longer keep an animal or their life changes and they can't afford to take care of that animal or a ranch that no longer has a use or a need for a particular animal, they contact us and we work with them to place that horse or mule in a permanent adoptive home. One of the things that I did though, because I had been a filmmaker and a correspondent and knew the film industry, and I saw a lot of films being made about equine issues. And I also realized that Part of the reason that horses may become homeless, abandoned, neglected is a lack of 
education. And so I started a film festival focused completely on equine issues and topics and stories as a way to kind of raise the awareness level of all of these issues and inspire people to get more involved. So it's called Equus International Film Festival. After we launched it, a group uh, established another organization with a similar name. So I stress that it's Equus International Film Festival, and it's an outreach project of Horse Haven, Montana. But I work with the Montana Center for Horsemanship to promote education and natural horsemanship training. And we're starting to do all kinds of programs and conferences and symposiums that, again, promote natural horsemanship education. Because the more educated we are about horses, how they think, how they act, what they need, the better we're going to care for them and the better we're going to be as people. Absolutely. That, that's so great that you do that. And, you know, I believe so much in the education side and, and you're doing that and with the adoption mm-hmm. side, because you can't adopt it if they don't understand. So you, you have that balance and that's so great that you do that and started both. And we're going to have all your websites and all your contact information at the end of the show so people can find <laughs> You know, and because I know after they hear the stories and, and they and they watch you, they're going to want to get 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 uh, more familiar with your programs and get involved. And and they're great, great sources, uh, not only locally in Montana or statewide in Montana, but international, like you were talking about right. with the film festival. So it's, it's a big deal. It's a big movement for sure for the industry. And it's a great thing. You can tell I'm passionate about it. So. Uh, I appreciate you <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll do whatever we Thank can to help for sure. So I know today we're going to talk about Thank something you. that is, is a huge industry and it's a packing and outfitting. Yes. And you just recently hosted mm-hmm. the symposium. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You bet. I mean, it was so exciting. We had, we had been talking about hosting a, a packing and outfitting symposium at the Montana Center in Dillon for a long time. And then, of course, with COVID, um, people couldn't get together. And then, um, you know, it was just the, our world was turned upside down. Um, But I live close to and work with the Forest Service a lot. When I say work, I mean as a, you know, helping them to place their retired animals. I don't work for the Forest Service. And I knew that they had this huge program that so many people don't know about. And the outfitting and packing industry and people who pack and outfit in this region, in Montana, in Idaho, and Wyoming, in the the West, really, it is huge. It's historic. It's gone on for a very long time. So we decided to do um, a packing and outfitting program at the Montana Center. Um, Because of COVID, we had to really limit the numbers, which was so sad, but we limited it to 50 people. And we asked everyone to wear a mask and bring a chair so they could socially distance inside the arena. And they did. And the Forest Service, which has a huge equine program for packing and outfitting. Um, They do um, wildlands firefighting. They take care of backcountry trails. Um, They take care of the national forests and they still use a lot of horses and mules. And so we thought, what a wonderful kind of program for people because so many people who live in this region are really fascinated by that whole industry. And I mean, it's historic. It goes back 
many, many decades. And so they brought their famous, I love it, it's the big green trailer um, that, they, that they use to transport their mules and horses. It's about probably 40 to 60 feet long because it has to accommodate something like 15 to 20 mules. And it's dramatic. It's it's fabulous. They keep it parked up at the Nine Mile Ranger District. It's a historic ranger district in Houston, Montana. It's about 20 miles west of Missoula. And um, so that's where they have this big program. So they, they brought over all the mules and horses to the Montana Center for Horsemanship in Dillon. And they basically, you know, they demonstrated how the, the mules and horses are packed, how they, um, how they outfit, where they go, what kind of training they get, what kinds of temperaments and minds and personalities they have to have. And it's very specific. And it was just a really, really, it was just one of those very dramatic, fascinating programs. And when they got the all the mules and the one lead horse all packed up, they trotted them across this huge arena. And if you could imagine the sound of those thundering hooves. So powerful. And all those packs kind of beating against the mules. And you could tell, I mean, the mules, they were on. They were on stage. They were we look at us and it was just fascinating and then we had we had veterinarians and we had all kinds of other presentations and demonstrations and that was in early october it was kind of the last beautiful weather weekend we had and before covid got really bad in montana and so that was sort of the last face-to-face event that we've had but our goal is to have a lot more of that come late winter early spring when things are a little bit better hopefully jeff that's so exciting once again you started with education but then it goes to the adoption and these are working uh, mules and horses and 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 they've made their life working and and you can adopt these animals and every animal i'm sure has a great story and and it's so great to keep them involved and let their life be extended by going to a great home or a great place to be adopted Mm -hmm. and and uh, i I know more people outside of the region also go to attend this or want to attend this um, because it is a spectacle for sure People from anywhere in the world can come and attend when we have these again. Um, you know, Dillon, Montana is, I don't know if you'd call it a good, a well-kept secret, because it is so breathtakingly beautiful in Dillon. And now you've got um, more hotels and lodges. You know, the Andrus Hotel is one of the oldest, most historic hotels I think in the country, and they just restored it to its old glory, if you will. So it's a beautiful hotel in downtown Dillon, but you've got also a lot of cabins and lodges. And I mean, it's just a spectacular place to come and visit. And as you know, we were planning a conference there this September. We've rescheduled it for next September. But when we have these events, I mean, people can come and it's such a welcoming community. So people can come, they can stay and they come to the center. Um, We're in the midst of a really big capital campaign to build classrooms, a veterinary research laboratory, um, more paddocks and corrals and housing for horses, because if we have more 
more horse housing, if you will, then we can have more horses and mules. And it's an incredible center. I don't think that I've, I've never seen anything like it in the world where you have classrooms, you have a laboratory, you have conference space, right. you have the horse housing built around this beautiful arena. So everything happens all together. The learning, the training, the teaching, the movement of animals, the demonstrations. I mean, it's an incredible facility. And, you know, even though this is a really tough time for fundraising, I'm still very actively trying to fundraise so I can get the laboratory, you know, with equipment where students can do research. The other thing that happens at the center that I just want to mention is that the Montana Center for Horsemanship is an independent nonprofit, but we partner with the University of Montana Western, which is in Dillon as well. Right. And we have the first Bachelor of Science degree in natural horsemanship in the nation. And so you have this amazing educational facility partnering with a university that's less than a mile down the road. And so the collaboration is incredible. The university also has a packing and outfitting program. So for young people who are interested in going into that industry, the Forest Service is frequently hiring from year to year. Um, the outfitting industry is still a big industry in this region. And so young people who are interested in that can go into this program, they train in Dillon, they make the connections and they network, and then they can go out and, and find jobs. But getting back to the packing and outfitting and the retirement and the adoption. So recently, sometime in the last number of years, the US Forest Service determined that they could donate the retired, retiring horses and mules to a not-for-profit organization. Very cool. And because it's the Nine Mile and I, you know, have a horse in Montana, I started working with them more and more and more. And so what happens is when they are retiring a horse or mule or horses and mules, they let me know. I assess the animals in terms of what kind of home would be best for that animal, what kind of person would be a good match for that particular animal. And that's really critical sure. to match both the temperament, the age, and the ability. Because we don't want to put these animals into another working situation. But there are some people who want to do light packing. And so, you know, we recently, I posted a picture. We had Jake and John. Jake and John, they're retired mules. Jake and John had been hooked on to one of the Molly mules. Well, the Molly mule was a good, still a good packer. So she got adopted by an individual who likes to do light packing. Then a young couple came along and they said, well, you know, we're starting a family. We love to just do very light packing ourselves. So they adopted Jake and John. And um, Jake and John are living the greatest life ever. Um, we have others that they just need to be retired to be a companion. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I assess the people, <laughs> we have an adoption application, and then I assess the horse or mule, and then we match them together. So you try to make a match made in heaven. And so the stories that 
we get from these people who've adopted. I mean, they're they're just they're beautiful. But we had one that I have told you about. Um, it was just it was just a beautiful thing. So, a man by the name of Smoke Elser. Yeah, I was going to ask you to tell a little bit yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, he's well, so interesting. Smoke Elser and. Smoke Elser, I, I do want to say, he received um, a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Equus International Film Festival a few years ago because he, what he has done for the industry is really amazing. Um, he's one of the most iconic and, and well-known outfitters probably in the world, and he lives here in Montana. He's about 86 now, and he still does some packing and outfitting. And he had worked, obviously, with a lot of the Forest Service horses and mules for many, 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 many decades. But one of his favorite that he worked with for about two decades, I think more than 20 years, was a mule named Palmer. And um, Palmer came up for adoption. And the Forest Service thought, you know, maybe Palmer would be great with kids. They weren't sure. So I met Palmer and I got to know Palmer. Palmer, kind of pushy, but he's an old fellow, <laughs> an old mule. <laughs> and, and Smoke had told me, you know, I've really got my heart set on adopting Palmer when he's available. I hope you'll consider me. <laughs> so after assessing Palmer, I said, you know, Palmer's got to go with Smoke and Smoke's got to go with Palmer. They're meant to be. And to see his beaming face smoke when he came to pick up Palmer from the Nine Mile Ranger District, that was that was a really special day. And so Palmer is living with some other older mules here in, in the Missoula area. And um, he got the best home possible. And nobody could have known that animal better than Smoke. But I mean, the stories that Smoke has are absolutely incredible. Um, he's worked with um, special forces. He's worked with the Navy SEALs. He's worked with the State Department. He's worked with the CEO of Boeing. And he's worked with just the average everyday person. And um, he has um, trained people to take mules way up into the mountains of Afghanistan and Pakistan. And the stories that he has, mm, they could fill a book I bet or make could. a movie. I would think. So. I would think it could. Just think both of them work, though, in that field. And now they get to be so, somewhat retired, you know. And They are retired. Yes. Yeah. It's, a be it's beautiful. But it's, it's so wonderful to be able to see, um, you know, as people learn about this adoption program, first service program, they, number one, they're all geldings. Um, they, they don't work with mares, horse mares. Um, sorry about my clock. It sounds like a bird. But... <laughs> Anyway, these horses and mules have incredible temperaments. Um, they've been there, done that, done everything. They'll cross anything. They've been exposed to everything. Um, they're, in, you know, they're in different conditions. You know, just like people, some people age better than others, and some horses and mules age better than others. Um, for the for the public to be able to adopt a horse or mule that the Forest Service has, these are the gems of the gems of the gems. I adopted one. It was funny. He, I was looking for a home for him and two mules, and this had been a, um, a volunteer with the Forest Service said, I'd like to adopt these two mules and horse. And he knew 
who they were. And at the last minute, he said, nah, I don't want the horse, he's too old. His name was Stormy, and he was considered the dude horse. So anybody could ride him, and everybody had ridden him. And the bars are him, and he's getting arthritic. Uh, so if he doesn't get adopted, he might be going to the sale. And for an old horse, the sale usually means slaughter, the canners. And he was black, which I think is a beautiful color of horse. Mm -hmm. He was gated and um, he was sweet. And so when this man said, nah, I don't want him, he's too old. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen to him? I said, I'll adopt him. Well, that was about five years ago. And this horse, it's hard to keep his weight down. <laughs> he is the sweetest, the sweetest horse in the world. Anybody can ride him. And you'll see some pictures on our pages of him with a little boy. We introduced him to a little boy who had ADHD. He was terrified of horses. He had not really been around them. And with the first day that he met this horse, he just blossomed. He took the horse down the road. He took them, he took him out. He got on him and rode him. And he he had focus and his fear went away. And there was something about this horse, even though he's a very, very big horse. And so this horse is doing better than ever. He's moving better than ever. Uh, he's got a great mind. He's a wonderful companion to a little neglected horse we rescued. And, um, you know, we hear these stories over and over and over again. So if you can adopt a horse or mule retired from the Forest Service and you're not looking for, you know, a heavy duty working animal, um, you're gonna have a wonderful animal. It seems like everyone has such a great story and, and they've been worked, you know, and they, they've been around so much and uh, they all have their lives, they've, you know, they've lived and uh, so many stories. That's what I think is so in, 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 uh, incredible to hear are the stories and the way they bond with these people. Oh, you know, we have teenagers who, you know, they needed a really safe, reliable horse, you know, for them to learn. And then we have some where, you know, families are just starting out with horses. Um, and and these it's it's what's really funny with a lot of these horses and mules. So they've never been coddled. They've never had carrots and apples <laughs> and treats and petting. You know the the Forest Service loves them and you know uh, respects them and takes great care of them. But they don't get like a lot of TLC. And so when they first come into our lives, a lot of times they're kind of like, "What's a carrot?" I don't know what that is. What's this equine senior? I don't know what that is. Uh, you want to pet me? Uh, <laughs> and it's not that they're standoffish at all, but they just, they don't know what to make of it. And it's really funny. It's usually within a matter of minutes to hours to a day that they just turn around. I went to assess uh, a horse that's going to be retired next year. And the Forest Service said, oh, Janet, he is the perfect horse for you. You know, you just, he's just the perfect horse for you. So anyway, I went to, to meet him and kind of assess him. And at first he was like, you know, just kind of looking around and not really connected. And it was a busy, busy day because it was when they brought all the, they brought about 200 horses and mules up to the district wow. where they, um, they winter. They all winter together. They come from 
all teachers in the and they winter on winter range up at the and he was one of the horses. So they put him into kind of a corral with a few other horses so that I could meet him and assess him. And so at first he's just kind of looking around and not really connecting. And as I'm stroking him and talking to him and playing with bears, and he was definitely ear shy. And um Within, I would say within 15 minutes, this horse connected. He didn't mind having his ears rubbed, and he was there. You know that feeling when that yeah, horse absolutely. connects with you? That's and I thought, feeling. look at that. Going on him. And um, so that gives you a sense, though, of number one, how incredible these particular animals are, as well as how when they get adopted, they become different animals. I mean, I get I get emails and letters from people. They love their animal. And so, you know, the biggest message is don't let the idea of a horse being 20 or even 23 or 24 or 25, or we've adopted out mules that are 30, that they could, they definitely could go on for another 10 years. Friends I mean, they're so, they're healthy and they're strong. So, um, you know, so that this kind of program is really, really wonderful. And uh, we have an application process because we want to make sure that the person knows what they're getting into and that they can make a commitment and that they have the right knowledge and experience. I mean, the worst thing is to put a more high strung horse with an absolute beginner or a child. So you want to match it early. And we want to say that there's a commitment. We charge a really small adoption fee, and that just goes back into the program. And it's the only way that we can keep our program going. Um, but, you know, donations or the adoption donation fee. Um, because we also want to see that an adopter can make a financial commitment. I don't believe in free horses or mules. Right. You right. know, when you are willing to make a small commitment, financial commitment, then we think you're more ready to make a commitment to that animal. Right. Well, that definitely will have a friend for um, so there's a Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. So, you know, it, the whole thing is really comprehensive and it all weaves in together. You know, for example, at the Montana Center for Horsemanship next month, even though we're not doing many programs now because of COVID, next month we have, we're hosting the graduation of the Montana Youth Challenge. And the kids who, the young people who are in the program, they come from challenged backgrounds. And they go through um, a program of, of learning, of training, of working. Um, and among the things they do is they they do some of the cleaning and some of the horse care at the Montana Center, and they get a little bit of training and teaching, and the students from the university practice on some of the uh, kids in the program to see how they learn and how they understand about horses and all of that. So next month, they have a graduation at the center. If the center didn't exist, we couldn't do that. And so, you know, this is why I look at these, the, the expansion of the Montana Center for Horsemanship as being so, such a critical centerpiece, if you will, of, of education, of training, of healing, of helping, because through that center, 
if we can expand it, the classrooms and the research and the horses and all of that, then we can do so many vital, vital programs like the packing and outfitting program, you know, like our work with the Montana Youth Challenge. Um, we're screening a film virtually called Mustang Saviors about veterans and horses. I'd love to do programs with horses and veterans at the center. And the only way that you can really do those things properly is if you have the facilities. Wow. And so we're on our way, but I need to raise about another, I'd say half million, but that's not really so much in the scheme of things. And so I do want to talk about that because, sure, you know, what a lot of people don't always get is the physical can facilitate the programmatic, which facilitates education, more students, more programs. You know, you bring the horses and people together in this beautiful, beautiful place yeah. with so many resources around it. You have mountains, you have trails, you have cattle, you have livestock, you have the university, you have, you have so much there. And so if we can bring people together in this really advanced facility, doing the programs is easy. Um, and so, you know, I know you're going to be hopefully participating in a conference that we're, we've rescheduled, yes. you know, for next September I, with yeah. Temple Grandin. Um, I'm really excited for it. You know, we, for people who don't know, we had planned this national slash international conference called Of Horse, Human, and Nature for this September at the center. And then, you know, COVID exploded and we thought the only reasonable thing to do would be to postpone it because people are not traveling. And so we've rescheduled it now for September 9th through the 11th next year. Same place. Um, so Temple Grandin has already said she's on board. I hope you're on board. I'm definitely on board. Uh, another one of our... There. Yay! Um, the Forest Service is on board. They can't wait. Um, and we'll have all of the award-winning films from Equus International at that conference as well. So we were incorporating it into the conference. So we'll have physical, we'll have horse interactions, we'll have keynotes, we'll have awards, we'll have films, we'll have speakers. It's going to be pretty exciting. That's going to be amazing. And it's, it's, once again, it goes back to education and opportunity. And that's, that's what you're providing. And there's so much going on at the center. And it, it's a beautiful facility. And uh, like, like I was saying at the beginning, we're going to have pictures and some things on the back of the show. But I'll also have the website so you can go and just visit it. It's a gorgeous facility and doing so much good there. And I'm just so honored to be asked to come back and, and get to go up there next September. But uh, we're looking forward. Well, to we're so honored to have you. Thank and, you. you know, you have so much to impart, you know, because a lot of the students who are going through the natural horsemanship program and who are in the equine studies department, they want to be who you are. They <laughs> want to do what really they want to do what you do. And it's so important for young people to understand how to succeed in a very difficult industry. Right. You know, it's, it's not just managing a barn. I mean, there's yep. a world of opportunities, but they have to understand and know what they are, how they get there, how they prepare for it. Um, you know, I know you're very involved with AKS. Um, you just broke up just a hair. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I can hear you. You know, rural living, you have. I do. I'm just holding, hoping my holds out because I'm in the rural too, you know. <laughs> but I wouldn't change. Are we it. okay now? Uh, yeah, doing great. Doing great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, we're looking so forward to it. And, and uh, just everything that you're doing for the facility and for the industry is so important internationally. And that's what's so exciting. And, and everybody wants to learn more. And, and with packing right. off, it's such a cool um, event. And, and the people around it are so nice, but it's so vital. It, there is a necessary mission because of why we do it. But also people are now doing it just recreational because it is such a, a healthy lifestyle to get out there and go out in the woods and, and, and get to experience that. One of the things that Smoke Elser and a whole team of people had been working on was really working to get more young people on horseback into wilderness. And the only way you get there is by packing and outfitting. Sure. Um, and so the packing and outfitting industry is so important on so many levels. That is, I know when we were talking to some other people and they said, really, you know, packing and outfitting is a big deal. I said, Absolutely, because getting on the horses with the packs, you know, with your outfitters, it's the only way that you're going to really probably get deep into the backcountry to see wilderness, to see our natural lands, to see places that we see images of. But the only way you get there is on horseback because the horses can take, the horses and mules can take people and what you need to survive. Um, places that is very hard for people to just get on foot. Right. And so, you know, in Montana, we're lucky enough to have the Bob Marshall wilderness. Incredible. And as I was joking with some friends, you know, when you have a horse or a mule that you can say has been in the Bob, you've got something special there. Yeah. Um, and so people come from, you're right, that people come from all over the world to see these places. And so, you know, you're, the work that you do and the work that we're trying to do at the center, it's about promoting the ag industry, you know, farming and ranching. Absolutely. People still use horses like crazy. Absolutely. And the packing and outfitting industry, um, it's huge in this region, you know, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, all of the West and Northwest. Um, and so I think for young people um, and anyone, I mean, we get calls from people all over the world. I want to do it there, you know, in Montana. I want to do it the real way. I want to learn natural horsemanship the real way. Um, and so I think, I think also to have a center, you know, part of the mission of the Montana Center for Horsemanship is to perpetuate the defining tradition of the American West. Um, it's also to promote natural horsemanship. Um, but the idea of keeping the traditions of the American West alive and thriving, that's America. This is Americana. It's something that everybody should be able to do regardless of ability because you know even if you have a physical challenge there are ways for you to go on horseback and to go see these magnificent breathtaking natural areas um, that are unlike any other places in the world um, and so it should be and could be something for everyone to enjoy right. um, 
and it's it is our history you know in the united states it it is the american western tradition and so to have a center i think that is based you know that is founded on that premise and that mission and and perpetuating it making it possible for young people for for young people who are underserved in this country, you know, for kids to come from all over the world to learn about this, for people, for veterans to be able to get on horses and go into the back country, um, you know, to be able to make that possible through scholarships, through programs, you know, that's what I get really passionate about. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And, and it's such a great program. And I've told a few people about we were doing the show today and 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 some younger ones and they're like i cannot wait to get an opportunity to go do this that's <laughs> what i want to do and and i want to go try and make a living doing something with horses right. this is so right. engaging and then some older people i've talked to said i always wanted to i never knew how well this is your how so we're giving them the answers and and that's what's so great about what you started that's why i'm so passionate about what you started and what's going on because so many people want to do it and get to live that life even for a week and some want to make a living out of it so we it's great that you give them that opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much you know, for being on the show. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. You. I didn't mean to catch you oh, off. oh um, no, it's been an honor to, to do this with you. And thank I you. thank you so, so much. I think, you know what? There was one thing I was going to say because it was, it was, it's been such an interesting thing. Since the pandemic began, right. I have gotten more inquiries from people from all walks of life with horses. They want to adopt, they want to learn, they want to be with, they want to know how can I connect with horses. And so I think, you know, I think what maybe this pandemic has brought out is people yearning for and looking for something deeper and meaningful that may come through horses and horsemanship. And I so I think it gives a really great opportunity to create more opportunities like that. I agree 100%. I think it's definitely a silver lining there, for sure. I think people are going yes. to have time to look and maybe realize their dream. And, and that's so great you're giving right. them that opportunity. So thank well, you so much for being on the show. It really means a lot. I really appreciate it. I'm really passionate about what you're doing. I'm looking forward to next September being up there with you and everybody in Dillon, Montana. It's going to be a great time. Well, I thank you so much, too, as well. Thank you. Thank Scott. you for being on the show, and thank you all very much for watching. Scott will be right back with part two of today's episode of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. This is Scott Knutson with the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific on KCAA. So we're going to talk to some, about something right now that's so important to us men. I'm going to talk about underwear for a second. Think about it. Women have everything. Men had either the 12-pack for $20 or the high-priced kind we can maybe only wear for a special occasion, if ever. It's time to upgrade from the packs. Wood underwear. Yes, I said wood underwear. It's a great place to start. And there is wood in the fabric. It's wood that makes wood special. And yes, you're hearing a lot of puns. Kind of funny, but it's serious. It's pretty intentional. They are having some fun with the name. Wood wants to get every man into a great pair of underwear that he can feel and look great in and feel great about the price as well. My friends at Wood did something for the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. 
They want you to try it. So use Cowboy Brief at checkout on Wood Underwear. WoodUnderwear.com, Cowboy Brief, 20% off your first order. Good until August 31st. Getting a degree at Tarleton State University doesn't mean going it alone. Your family from the moment you arrive, with faculty and staff dedicated to your success and personal growth. Explore more than 100 undergraduate and graduate degree options in Stephenville, Fort Worth, Waco, Midlothian, Rellis Bryan, and online. Scholarships are available. Discover what it means to be a Texan. Visit tarleton.edu forward slash become a Texan. I'm Scott Knutson with the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, and I love American history. Who doesn't? I enjoy reading about those early pioneers that left family and friends in the East and headed to the West in hopes of making their fortunes. The stories captured the minds and are a great example of the American spirit that made this country great. The state of California had its beginnings up in a little mountain town in Northern California called Truckee. The immigrants on their way west went right through what is now downtown along the old Dutch flat wagon road. The story of this old Wild West town is a fascinating one. And if you're interested like I am in these old stories, you might want to take a look at taking the haunted Truckee Ghost Walk. It's definitely not your typical ghost hunting adventure, but rather takes you back in the dates of California's earliest beginnings. Next time you're up there, check it out. Tickets and information are available on their website, hauntedtruckee.com. People are loving this tour and it's receiving some great reviews. Again, the website to get tickets is hauntedtruckee.com. Hi everybody, I'm Scott Knudsen with Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you for watching the show today. I'm with Lynn Ringrose Moe with uh, the Cowboy Dissage World. And Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, it makes a fit to go together. So thank you for watching. And Lynn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scott, for having us. Um, it's always my passion to talk about cowboy dressage. It's, um, I think I was put on this planet to be on this horse journey. So um, I can't wait to tell you more about it. That, that's so great. You know, it's, it's a worldwide deal. And, and, and there's more and more people getting involved. And I think once the people, other people hear about it, I think they're going to just go to it. I was on the website, the Facebook. It's so interactive. So how did you become involved with Cowboy Design? Well, um, it's, it's kind of a circuitous story. So my partner, Aton Beth Halakmi, is from Israel. And he and his wife, Debbie, trained Morgan horses. And in the 1990s, he would do exhibition riding on his Western horses. But he would incorporate dressage into that. And someone asked him, what, what does he do? Because it's so different. And he goes, it's cowboy dressage. So he, he came up with the name then and started calling it cowboy dressage. So I had known Aton back in the 80s, met him briefly. Our paths crossed back and forth. And in 2000, and I believe, eight, 2008, he was involved with Western dressage and they had asked me to become an advisor for Western dressage, which is different than cowboy dressage. So we were involved with Western dressage. And then in 2012, um, we decided to follow our hearts and our passion and break off and develop what we call cowboy dressage as an equestrian discipline. 
So um, if you haven't met Aton, he's he's a go-getter and he takes no prisoners and he just goes after it. And I had a full-time training barn and I was up at five in the morning and going till midnight and one at night when I wasn't riding horses working on this. So Aton came up with the test patterns. Um, I helped a little bit on that project. I developed the score sheets with another partner named Sarah Dickinson. We stayed up late at night drinking wine, making score sheets. Uh, so if you compete in a cowboy dressage uh, competition and you look at your score sheet, well, that was me with um, my Chardonnay late at night making those up. But I think we did a pretty right on job with that. Yeah. So we started in 2012 and our first show, we were just wanted 40 rides. Uh, a normal full day of a show is 60 rides. We were hoping for 40. We ended up with 79 rides. Wow, that's great. So because we're very naive and had no idea what we were doing, we went, well, in three months, let's just put on a final show and maybe somebody will show up. Oh. So And we had like 400 and some rides in two days. We had four rings going nonstop for two whole days. Oh, and that, we were kind of born at that point. Right. We put together our website, our rules, wrote the tests. I test drove all the tests. Everything from February to May, in that short of a time, we were up and going with the website. Oh, my goodness. I, I developed myself our judging program, which I think our judging program is one of the strongest programs in any equestrian discipline. And I will back our judges thousand percent because they worked really hard. Wow. It's a pretty rigorous training program. Um, and we've developed a culture and a community that's very different. And people who come and attend any of our events, they like to share with us how welcome they feel. And we call it find your tribe, be part of our community. Everyone's welcome. Um, you can ride a gated horse. You can do partnership on the ground, which is a groundwork class with a miniature horse. We, we want you. We welcome you. And we, our motto is be kind. That's and we try to cultivate that in our community, amongst our people, and also to our horses. So I'm pretty proud of that because I've been in the horse world most of my career and I've done a lot of different disciplines and I haven't always found people to always be kind and they didn't always bring their best person. So we kind of encourage people to bring their best person, be kind to each other and help each other. We're all in this journey together. So I think we've created something really special. Um, and I love it when people come and they are beginner riders because all you horse people out there, if we don't bring in new people into the horse industry, we're just going to shrivel up and die away. And I so embrace and love having new riders, new people coming into the horse industry and helping them enjoy horses like I have enjoyed horses my whole life. So that's the lifeblood of it, man. That's the lifeblood that? life of our industry it is a new yes. it's also bringing people yes. back that maybe left our industry after a bad show experience we got to get them back but it's also getting the new people in and i love your yes. website i love your facebook and and how y'all are looking people in the eye and talking from the basics and making it welcoming and that's so important 
So how does somebody get started? Uh, if somebody's watching this today and they don't have a horse and they're like, golly, I really want to join. They seem like great people. I want to be a horse person. How do I start? What would they do? Well, um, we have a very good website. Very it's cowboydressageworld.com. And on our website, we have professionals listed. So you can look under our Cowboy Dressage World Professionals Association listing, and these are all people who have met qualifications to be instructors in Cowboy Dressage. Um, and so that's a great place for someone to start if they're looking for some help. Or they can email us. You can email me personally. I try to answer all emails within 24 hours. So if somebody wants to reach out to me, I'm really happy to to talk to them and help them find someone in their area that can help them. We're in about 52 countries, I think. It's amazing. People participating in cowboy dressage. I've traveled to Canada, Australia, all over the United States. Um, I went with um, my partner, Aton and his wife, Debbie, and, and some of our other professionals to Scotland last year. We did a big clinic in Scotland. Um, we're open to spreading the word anywhere in 2021, assuming we can travel internationally again. I'm hoping to make it to New Zealand. Um, so it's pretty exciting. And we have a lot of great people. And the people that we have out there um, teaching are also people that really embrace new people and want to um, teach you about good horsemanship, but make it fun and not intimidating, keeping it light, but um, bring, bring you along on your horsemanship journey in a safe, compassionate way. That's so important what you're doing for the industry and what the association is doing for the industry. It, it's really great work. And just by visiting and, and watching some of the videos and, and uh, you can get that warm and welcoming feeling. And it kind of just brings you into the, the social media platforms. It makes you want to go out there and ride. You kind of get excited watching it. And that's what's so yeah, important. I, yes. I mean, I think we got to, we, we, we want people, we want to help you with your horsemanship. And I think we're a great platform for any discipline. You know, any horsemanship discipline, if you want to go do reining or you want to do rain cow horse or you want to do um, ranch riding, if you can ride circles and straight lines with balance and balance transitions, you know, you're, you're more than halfway there, right? Well, sure, sure. And if you're a beginner and you're not comfortable jogging or loping, we have classes that are done strictly up the walk. Right. And you're just on your horsemanship at the walk, which I think I'm not sure anyone else is doing that. I haven't seen that. What about virtual? Is there any? Oh, well, you know, we, like everyone else, we had, uh, you know, the pandemic started in March and we had a big show in March. We had to cancel a show in June. So we put our heads together and trust me, one thing I've learned being part of this, being a partner in this is I don't have to be that smart, but I need to surround myself with smart people. And we have done that, and the people that work for us and with us are top-notch, and we came up with our virtual show idea. And we have virtual show number three coming up uh, in July. If anyone's interested in entering, and you set up your own court, you video your own ride, you upload it to WhatsApp, which is very simple. Right. Um, you 
enter the show on our website. You pay an entry fee. And then our judges come in. I usually hire five judges. They come in and they judge the classes. And it's been a huge success. And we're getting riders from all over the world. So we're really happy with that. That's it's awesome, been- that, That's yeah, great. That kind of kept- oh, I'm sorry. No, well, I think it's helped keep people motivated. You know, it's given them a focus because we all kind of just couldn't do much. And so now we have, hey, just because you can't travel, you can compete against somebody in Canada, Australia, United Absolutely. States. You know, that's what's so exciting. I was watching one of your videos and you were talking about all the different countries that were participating in the show. And, yes. and, and pre what we're going through now, pre-COVID, they might have not been at the show. They could have missed the show, but this way they could participate. And just think of all the networking people are getting to do by going to the virtual show and working with y'all and being interactive where maybe they wouldn't have had that chance pre-COVID. So we took a bad situation yes. and made it a positive one and, and, and just uh, kind of, so to speak, pulling up our boots and going to work and having fun doing it. Yes, and, you know, we've learned a lot from this, and we learned that the virtual shows are a really positive benefit for a lot of people. Absolutely. Some people that don't have horse trailers. I have some people who live very remotely, and they're so excited that they can get feedback from one of our well-trained judges by sending in their video. So it's a really helpful thing to build our community, and um, we kind of, you know, we just – we kind of didn't have a choice, right, Scott? You're, you're 100%. Something. Yeah, so we, we just, we're kind of an innovative group, and we go, hey, that sounds good. Let's give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it's worked really well. We're going to keep the virtual shows, and when we can get back to our live shows, we will. Um, we should have our finals this fall in October here in California. We run four rings for four days, so it's a pretty big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We have riders fly in and our horses and people coming from other countries. And it's just a lot of fun. So we're hoping we get to do that. But in the meantime, we've kind of been able to keep going and keep people motivated and educated by doing our virtual shows. So, so it's been a beneficial thing. That's so great. So you, you travel the country and you do clinics as well. As yes. We talking earlier. So how can someone see you or go to a clinic? Because I know they will once they start watching your videos and how interactive you are. How, how could they find you? Well, I have a website. It's uh, LRM for Lynn Ringrose Mo, LRM Equestrian.com. And on my website, I have a calendar. The calendar pretty much lets you know where I'm going to be. I'm uh, I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, I'll be traveling a lot toward the end of July through September. So, um, but, you know, I learned a lot this year, and that is, like all horse people, you got to be flexible, Absolutely. stay flexible, and uh, save a little money. <laughs> <laughs> it taught us a lot, didn't it? It taught us Yeah, a lot. it taught us a lot, but it also gave me time to be home and train my own horses. Right travel so much sometimes they get sort of shortchanged on the training i understand been able to stay home and we have lovely lovely horses and i have a fantastic bridal mule that i also show and so i've been able to enjoy them which in a way that i look at that as a plus and also my husband travels some with me but he doesn't get to go to all the clinics so um we got to spend more 
quality time together this spring, which is really enjoyable. For That's us. so great. And, and the mule, yeah. I saw him on the website or on Facebook. I can't remember which, but yeah, but it's a girl, just so you know, because oh, she's being called to him. <laughs> so she she's she's really talented. Oh, she's very talented and she's a total diva. The, um, the only equine I've ever had that walks faster to the show pen and does not want to go back to the barn. Awesome. Which I, I've never had anybody. She just would stay up at the show pen all day long. She loves it. And she loves to just see people and she loves her picture taken. So she's a natural for, you know, we've done about 17 horse expos together and she loves the horse expos because she feels like they're all there to see her. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they might be. They sure <laughs> might be. Well, we're going to put all your contact information at the end of the show as well. So There's only one person. And, and just enjoy and I can it. Introduce it's such you a great association. It's so welcome. Russia. It's such a great CAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Mm.